I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real. Here with a special guest this week, Mr. Nick Hodge has chosen Funner Pastures. And so we have with us the editor of Chris Curl's Crypto Cycle, Mr. Chris Curl. This is the 219th episode of what's our weekly therapy session, our usual weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk about what we're investing in. And I'm excited to have Chris on because we're going to talk all things crypto. First and foremost, Chris, we were talking about your qualifications off air to be the guest co-host this week. And um, first, how are you? And second off, would you like to read off your resume a bit? Hi, Gerardo. I'm doing well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been, so we've been doing this crypto cycle publication since uh, late last year. So basically, right at the onset of the current crypto winter, crypto bear market, general uh, kind of bear market we've seen across uh, most equities. So, you know, it's been a challenging time, but for the most part, I've been steering readers clear <laughs> for most of that that time uh, in anticipation of what uh, should be, uh, you know, the next crypto bull market approaching very shortly here at the end of 2023. And I, I think particularly in 2024. And uh, there are a number of reasons why why I think that's possible. Uh, not only possible, but probable. And I personally, you know, I've seen several 50 to 100x gains during the last crypto bull market in 2021. And I'm very much looking forward to doing that again here. Uh, 2024, 2025, I think will 2025, I think is when we're going to probably peak out in the next bull. So I'm really looking forward to kind of positioning uh, myself and my readers uh, for that uh, bull market so that uh, we're really able to to realize the kind of gains that are really only possible in, in the crypto space. Unless, you know, maybe you get in on one of your junior miners or something really early. <laughs> well, listen, all of that sounds great. Um, this is going to be fantastic because I personally still have not dabbled in the crypto space. I'm looking to do it. I'm obviously looking to you, our in-house expert, uh, to kind of help guide that. And, you know, in, in 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 the junior resource space, I'm attracted to the early stage explorers that can give us 10, 20,000 percent wins, thousand percent wins. Um, it's high risk. It's high reward. We all acknowledge that. But man, it can be life changing if you're able to make a bet and a speculation that ends up counting. Um, the qualifications I was referring to uh, were the personal qualifications that you and I joked about off air. Um, as to what qualifies you to sit in that chair. I mean, you know, Mr. Nick Hodge, those are some big shoes to fill. And so when we well, said that... about for a co-host, I said, well, man, how am I going to find somebody to 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 sit in that chair and uh, hold it down for 30 to 40 minutes? And uh, you were joking with me off air as to why um, you felt more than qualified. And I, I, I concurred. Well, that's right. Yeah. If, if you need a grumpy uh, middle-aged white guy in Spokane <laughs> to fill in for Nick, then I, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm the stand-in, you know. Oh, I absolutely love it. That is hilarious. Um, listen, let's get right into it. I'll, I'm, I'm going to give a brief overview of the commodity markets because that's what I do. And then let's get right into the crypto portion of this podcast. Gold is pulled back to the 1954 level. We see a stronger dollar, which is now flirting with the 104 handle. I'll be perfectly honest. I still love gold at these levels. For gold to be at 1954 with the dollar index surging the way that it has, um, I think bodes really, really well for the second half of this year and the gold price breaking out to new all-time highs. I take the pullback as an opportunity. And frankly, I got to tip my hat to Mr. Nick Hodge, who's not here today because he said this last week 
and the week before to his subscribers in one of his services, um, he wrote in his letter that, you know, gold should hit new all-time highs this year and looked really bullish, that it wasn't going to go straight up. You were going to get pullbacks to around this level. And he cautioned, especially if, you know, the the, the dollar index uh, strengthened, which it obviously has. It's brought silver back to below the 24 level. We've seen copper at 373 a pound. I expect bull markets in the second half of this year to continue um, and, and to really surge. And and, and look, lithium too. I'll, I'll tip, uh, I'll go ahead and pound my chest a little bit. Lithium clearly to me has bottomed, right? The spot price was never the the, the biggest indicator we should have been looking at. It was the contract pricing, but both have uh, both have recovered really, really well over the past week. And we've seen it in the lithium space. One last rant, then we'll get right to crypto. Patriot Battery Metals, we've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for assays. Man, were those assays worth the wait, right? We had, um, you know, just phenomenal, phenomenal runs on very high-grade lithium, multiple holes. Um, the high-grade zone is now 1,100 meters. That's growing. We have the the the, the best hole drilled out west, and we have assays pending um, on that hole and another hole that looks to be super, super impressive. Out to the east, again, I have that high-grade Nova zone. That project looks absolutely better and better by the day, by the week, by the month. I got here and I said for two months that the pullback was a gift. We're now a dollar away from new all-time highs. I think we see that within the next week. So buckle up. It should be fun over the next couple of months. We have the maiden resource estimate that I think is really going to be able to put some metrics to the potential of this. And then I want everybody to to remember that despite the $0.16 to $16 run, We've only really drilled about four to five percent of this massive trend in land package, and there's going to be a lot of sur- surface exploration this summer that should identify new opportunities. So, couldn't be more excited. Um, still holding over ninety percent of my original position, riding that until I get my fifty dollars a share. Nothing less, unless I absolutely have to for either tax purposes or personal reasons. And um, no, excited about the lithium space. So that's my market overview, everybody. That's my resource rant. Let's get right into the crypto uh, part of this uh, podcast, which is going to be dominate, dominating this conversation. What is a Pepe? And is, am I pronouncing it right? I'm Mexican-American. And so to me, I see P-E-P-E. And I say it's a Pepe. I have an uncle named Pepe. I, to me, it's a Pepe. Is that even the correct pronunciation? You're absolutely right, Gerardo. It is Pepe the Frog, which was uh, a very popular internet meme. Uh, that that uh, has really wide, wide uh, adoption. I, I think it's extremely popular in Asia. I think about eight years ago, it got really popular among like the alt right and kind of more right wing avenues of the internet. But but re- regardless, can I ask I mean, why? It, it's a meme I'm, I'm, I'm that, sorry, and, and I do this a lot, Chris. But can I ask why? Because all of this fascinates me. Right? Don't, why I, did it catch on? There? I honestly don't. Yeah, I don't know why, like, in particular, it took off with, with like, the alt-right or whatever. I mean, maybe it was just a 4chan thing and some alt-right people kind of okay. latched onto it. Because it's, fu- it's a cute meme and it's funny and it, it's kind of universal. Uh, but at any rate, this, back in April, on April 16th, somebody launched a token on the Ethereum blockchain, Pepe token. And within three days, it had gone up 20,000%. Uh, from, you know, launch. So that's basically from zero. So of course, the only people that realized 20,000% gains were people, basically the developers who were there from the very beginning. And I pointed it out in my, uh, we do a quarterly call-in in in crypto cycle. And I was like, well, Pepe just went up 
let's see, that was on uh, the 19th. So in basically yeah. a little over two days, I was like, well, this Pepe token's gone up 20,000%. I don't know what it's going to do. And it continued to to catch on and went up another 10x from the time that I mentioned it back in April. And uh, got listed on some major exchanges and whatnot. Uh, the the team that launched it are anonymous. Um, they basically explicitly <laughs> of course they <laughs> said they explicitly said that this is a mean token with no value. Uh, but but and yet it reached a market cap of one billion dollars in nineteen days. Now, just to give you some context, it took Dogecoin, the reigning meme coin, with a market cap of about ten billion dollars currently. That that took about two thousand five hundred and eighty-five days from launch to reach a one billion dollar market cap. Shiba Inu took about two hundred and seventy-nine days. Bitcoin itself took one thousand five hundred and seventy-nine days to reach that one billion dollar market cap. Pepe did it in nineteen days. So that's a uh, that's a record breaker there. And it shows that even though you know we're not in a crypto bull market right now, that doesn't mean that some meme coin can't explode. And that's why I always keep an open mind when it comes to meme coins, because even though it's kind of like buying a lottery ticket, I think it's a mistake to totally ignore something that can reach a $1 billion market cap in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, so if if you like, basically, if if you have a, a really good appetite for speculation and maybe are a little bit of a gambler, uh, throwing a little bit of money into some of these mean coins is not, you know, the worst strategy you can have. Let me ask you this, Chris, because I know in in, in you know my knitting, right, my specialty, the the junior resource space. When and, and I love speculating. Again, I I I I swing for home runs. I, I really don't care too much about singles or doubles. There's easier, better ways to do that with your capital than dabbling in the junior resource space. So if I have a win, I want it to count for myself and subscribers. But when I go through my checklist of potential speculations where I'm going to write a check and allocate some capital, you know, I have a checklist and that list is share structure. It's management. It's uh, definitely scale, right? That's what attracted me to Patriot Battery Metals. That's why I'm so attracted to Hannon Metals right now, where I just wrote a big check. You know, they have a base and scale land package, top 10 uh, land tenure holder in Peru. All other nine companies are majors with multi-billion dollar market caps. And Hannon sits there with a 25, $30 million market cap. So that's the kind of runway that I see potentially for a Hannon if they can make multiple discoveries of significance. But for me, there's a process. And even with that process, I still know it's high risk, it's high reward. I can get three big wins out of 10, we're doing well. We're hitting 300 in baseball parlance. And look, you know, if you hit 330, 340, 350, uh, you can make it to the Hall of Fame in baseball, right? And so what is your process for identifying these highly speculative, but potentially very lucrative meme coins, if that's what we want to call them? What list do you go through to kind of identify, you know, this one maybe has some potential to provide something like that? Yeah, it's very difficult, especially when you're dealing with meme coins. Uh, for instance, I think there were about three or four Pepe tokens that were rug pulls prior to the successful ones. So where the founders just pulled all the liquidity out and, uh, you know, let, hmm. sold all their, their token holdings and left everyone holding the bag. So it's very high risk. It's a lot like buying a scratch off ticket. But I, I think, you know, there are there is a process you can use to identify general trends in the crypto market, but trying to find something like a Pepe the Frog, that really is like like a lottery pick. But Got I, it. I really, for the portfolio, I try to focus on 
I'll throw a little bit of money into a meme or something really micro cap, uh, you know, two or three hundred dollars. I wouldn't really recommend throwing more money than that. And if it really takes off, that's really all the money you need to put into something like that. But I'm more interested in following kind of general narratives that kind of drive bull markets and looking at who provides needed utility in mm. the crypto space. And in that sense, I'm referring to artificial intelligence, which I think is going to be the next big narrative driving this upcoming crypto bull market. And I'm also looking at basically ways to figure out all of Ethereum's scaling problems. Ethereum is the largest layer one blockchain, which means you can build applications on top of it, but it, it can't scale properly. So that's mm -hmm. why you have alternative layer ones like Solana and Avalanche and, and a myriad of others, which I invest in, which can, which can scale properly. And you also have layer twos that are kind of built on top of and next to Ethereum that essentially allow Ethereum to scale properly because we saw with this uh, Pepe phenomenon, this was an ERC-20 token, which means it was launched on Ethereum. And I think there are roughly 400 million tokens on that standard on the Ethereum blockchain contributing to all the congestion uh, and the high fees, the high gas fees. So uh, for instance, uh, last week, I mean, I think the average Ethereum transaction was about $150. So if you wanted to <laughs> speculate on on any of these tokens like Pepe, the the fee for doing so was well over $100. So, that, you know, that that's a problem in the long term. And you contrast that with alternative layer ones like Solana, who are, which are able to process transactions for a fraction of a of a cent, and that that's really the price that these transactions should be at. So until Ethereum can fix all these scaling issues, which is not likely to happen soon, I think there is tremendous opportunity in the layer two projects that I've outlined in my publication, as well as alternative layer ones. So if if the meme coins of the Pepe's of the world and the Doge's of the world are, you know, the high risk exploration stocks with the micro caps, right? Let's talk um let let's talk uh mid-tier companies and, and maybe blue chip companies, right? In 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 mining uh parlance there. Let's talk about those those coins that have blue chip designations in in your eyes and you know, maybe the the, the tier below that provide more stability, maybe more liquidity, maybe more transparency. And you know, I couldn't help but mention um, you 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 mentioned actually that in 2024, 2025 is when you really get excited for the potential returns. And obviously, we've positioned for that because uh, you know Nick and myself uh, sent fifty thousand dollars your way for your publication, Chris Curl's Crypto Cycle, and said, "Hey, allocate away, right? You, you we eat our own cooking around here. We believe in our 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 editors, our experts, and and obviously we believe in you. And it's it's been a fun ride and a very educational one for me. But why are you so excited about 2024, 2025? And then maybe if you could give us a couple of names that that, that you feel have that blue chip status and maybe a tier below where you know someone that is less risk averse uh, may want to dabble and speculate, knowing that you can still lose fifty percent of your money, but you know you could also maybe quadruple your money, right? Sure. Yeah. So the thing that I look out for, and, I, and I've outlined this very, from the very beginning of the crypto cycle publication, is that Bitcoin is extremely cyclical. It follows essentially a four-year cycle of 
bull and bear markets. And this has to do with something called the Bitcoin halving. And this occurs roughly every four years. And it's a mechanism that reduces the rate at which new Bitcoin are created and thus lowers the available uh, amount of new supply. So this basically cuts the mining rewards for Bitcoin in half, which kind of creates a synthetic price inflation. Um, and, and this is happening, this is going to basically continue happening until all 21 million tokens are released. That's probably not going to happen for another 100 years. Hmm. Uh, but so these halvings occur roughly every 210,000 blocks, which is roughly every four years. First okay. having occurred in 2012, uh, second having occurred in 2016, and that was when we really had the first massive crypto bull market in 2017 and 18. And then the third having, of course, happened in 2020. And we kind of all remember what happened in, in 2021 and 2022, where we had that huge bull market where Bitcoin hit a new all-time high and all the corresponding crypto assets increased massively. So essentially what happens is Bitcoin being the largest market cap, being the original is the leader. All of the smaller market cap altcoins kind of trail behind it and have gains that far exceed Bitcoin, but uh, also losses that far exceed Bitcoin's losses during the bear. So Sounds a lot of, like the junior resource space. The last year <laughs> yeah, so, you know, over the last year, we saw so many altcoins, many of which went to zero, a lot of which went down 90 to 95%. Uh, but on the flip side, in the upcoming bull market that we have, which is going to be coming in 2024, we're going to see these altcoins explode in valuations again because the next Bitcoin having is slated for March or April of 2024. And what happens every every time is that uh, this Bitcoin price kind of rises to meet this having, usually corrects a little bit and then really takes off afterwards. And uh, so I'm anticipating early to mid 2025 is kind of being the peak of this upcoming crypto bull market. And we're kind of positioning ourselves to profit off of that. And it's interesting how it, it seems to be kind of programmed into Bitcoin itself because the cycles are following very closely. Back hmm. in November, I kind of traced out what the bottom of each cycle was. And it ended up being 15 months before the halving. And that ended up being November of 2022, which is when we had the... FTX collapse and Bitcoin uh, going under 16,000 briefly, that was almost certainly the market bottom. And we'll almost certainly see the top sometime in early to mid-2025. What do you think that top uh, looks and like? And as for kind of safer plays within crypto... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What do you think that top looks like, Chris? Oh, I, th I think Bitcoin will definitely be at six figures. It's really hard to predict how high it will go, but it will definitely be over $100,000 in 2024. Uh, if we get a big blow off top, it'll be really hard to predict how high it'll go. But I'll be happy with six-figure Bitcoin either way. As will we, as will we. Let's, uh, you, you, you were about to get into the next, uh, my next question, obviously. Um, some of, some of, some of the names, some of the ways that people, uh, can profit from this coming bull cycle and this, 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 you know, 
next peak cycle that you see coming? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I've been highlighting these layer one and layer two solutions. So basically Ethereum competitors and Ethereum helpers, the layer ones and the layer twos. Uh, so I, I've been long-term bullish on all, all of the alternative layer ones like Solana. We were we were buying that in the midst of the FTX collapse at $8. Uh, it since went up to like $28, $30. I think it's about 20 now. But if the Solana ecosystem survives and thrives, which I think it will, I wouldn't be surprised to see that coin hit its previous all-time highs of $260 a coin or higher. Uh, Ada Cardano is another layer one that'll probably do well. I think Avalanche will do very well. And then layer twos on top of Ethereum, um, Matic, Polygon Matic is the, is the kind of preeminent one. That's kind of a no-brainer for me. I think it currently trades a little over a dollar. And then there's OP Optimism. That uh, Coinbase launched a Layer 2 solution for Ethereum that utilizes this blockchain. So I think that Optimism will see uh, continued growth further on. And I, and I have a number of other smaller Layer 1 picks for my CryptoCycle uh, subscribers that I outline. And... Really, AI is going to be a big deal uh, because the, even though most people probably don't even really know what they're investing in, that that's pretty typical of a crypto bull market. La last time we had the metaverse where people were just throwing money <laughs> into metaverse projects, uh, AI, I think, is going to be basically the same. And we've already seen most of these AI projects already pull a 10x since the market <laughs> bottom in November, December. So I think there's still a lot of growth there. They've retraced a bit, as I predicted. I've been kind of waiting to pull the trigger on a lot of them. But uh, I've outlined 10 AI projects in CryptoCycle that I think are going to perform really well. I've only bought into a couple of them so far. But one that, that's very prominent is uh, the Singularity Net. And that is kind of... Um, it, it was founded by Ben Gertzel, who's kind of an OG in artificial intelligence. And I actually got to speak with him briefly because I was at the Consensus uh, Crypto Conference yep. in Austin, Texas earlier this, or I guess it was at the end of last month. Uh, so he, he's got a lot of very interesting ideas. He, he has a lot of projects that he's working on. But SingularityNet, its token is AGIX, A-G-I-X. That's kind of his main uh, project. And it's like a blockchain platform that can allow anyone to build, share, and monetize AI services. And he's really worried about the prospect of artificial intelligence being used, you know, for the wrong reasons by malevolent actors. And this singularity net is kind of a, a way for AI to be a kind of adopted by the masses as kind of a decentralized project uh, where it essentially can't get out of control and, and serve malevolent purposes, if you will. But I, I do see a lot of growth in in that uh, singularity net project. So that that would definitely be what I would consider a blue chip going into the next crypto bull market as well. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. We usually get a bunch of free resource names. This week, you got a whole bunch of free crypto names. I think that was an excellent macro take on what to expect, what to come. Chris, 
where can people find rhetorical question, right? You know, your publication, which again, is full of educational resources. Again, I haven't speculated yet into the crypto space, but I go to your publication once a week, at least just to go over the educational resources, the videos that you put out, because it's really, really informative. Even for, for somebody like myself that's watching from the sidelines right now, where can people find your weekly editorials and your publication if they're looking to dabble and speculate in the crypto space for this coming cycle? Yeah, all they have to do is go to dailyprofitcycle.com where you get a ton of good free information. I do a weekly editorial there along with Nick and Gerardo and a number of other talented editors. So a lot of really good free information there. And then uh, if you want to sign up for my service, uh, we have a free trial. You can scope it out, get some picks, and that's at digestpublishing.com and just select CryptoCycle there. It's listed under one of the premium publications. Love it. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the expertise. I'm supposed to remind everybody to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss out on our updates. Chris's weekly editorials, my weekly editorials, Ryan's weekly editorials, Nick's weekly editorials. As Chris mentioned, there's a ton of free information out there. It's uh, pretty much summer here in Austin. I know in Washington State, it's starting to warm up, Chris, but um, hopefully everyone <laughs> <laughs> hopefully everyone out there has a great end to their spring and a phenomenal start to their summer year in the coming weeks and months. This was the 219th episode of what's usually our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Chris, is the AI going to take over? Well, they say that we'll, it'll reach singularity by the latest 2032, which will mean it'll be more intelligent than a human and able to program itself. So we have, how many years is that left? Nine, not very many. Right. I'll leave Enjoy you with that positive note and cautious note of optimism, everybody. If you want more optimism to go along with that, the fourth turning um, that kind of maps out how 2032 is also going to be, um, you know, the, the, the peak volatile uh, period for this last turning. There is hope after that for those of us that make it. So fingers crossed. Have a great summer, everybody. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.